Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 11 of Expand the Conversation with Jillian podcast. In today's episode, my friend and health coach, Ashley Daniels, is on again talking about my bioresonance scan and what came up. We wanted to share what getting a bioresonance scan looks like in terms of support you receive and the information you can find out about yourself. I completed the balance scan. So we talk about my nutrition panel, hormone levels, and toxins that are currently resonating with me. This episode is a way to share what you can learn about your own bioresonance scan if you choose to get one. This is not a diagnosis. Ashley nor myself are doctors and we are not recommending any treatment to listeners and highly recommend hiring a practitioner or health coach when going through different protocols for your health. We speak on the importance of detox pathways being open and what that means before going into a parasite cleanse. I have felt completely supported by Ashley in this after finding out that I am resonating with a blood parasite and know that I'm in good hands with my treatment. This is a two-part series and we will be recording a follow-up episode in the new year. We get really nerdy in this episode about different functions of the body and different parasites and bacteria and why what we found out makes so much sense. So if you're ready to get nerdy with us, let's dive in. Today I have with me my friend and health coach, Ashley Daniels. On today's episode, she is going to dive into my bioresonance scan with me. And just as a, I said this in the intro, but just again, this is not medical advice. And this is just how I choose to deal with my health is through things like bioresonance scans and through more holistic manners. But Ashley, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me back. I'm so, so excited to go over your scan with you. I am too. And we've talked a little bit about it. So a little, like, just so people know, we have talked a little bit about (laughs) it. I mean, I... When you do these scans as a client, you also get the email. And so like I was, I saw it, what was it, Saturday morning? And I was like, oh, it's here. Yeah, I hadn't even checked my emails yet because I'm I'm not on, I'm not as on top of things uh, work-wise on the weekends. And um, I get a text from Jillian like, hey, my scan's in. Oh, I'm just course, yeah. Well, no, but I, lo- I love it. I love that you're excited about it because I, like, honestly, those, th- those are the best clients. You're excited to get to work. And, um, I was dying because we, um, I looked, I looked over it. Um, and then we went out and ran some errands, um, just did some family stuff together and you're like, Hey, so I'm ready to order everything. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let me, let me just let you, there's some things to prioritize. So let me just at least send you an email and (laughs) just, just slow down. You can do it by the end of the day. I promise. (laughs) You're like, relax, relax. Five minutes. Give me five minutes. Uh, I appreciate you so much for doing this. And I'm so excited about it. So for reference, what is a bioresonance scan? So a bioresonance scan is an amazing tool that we can utilize to see what is currently going on with your body, with your bodily systems, things that you're having sensitivities to, things that are imbalanced in your body, and remedies that we can use to get your body back into balance. It's 
sounds kind of crazy because what we're doing with the scan is you're taking samples, which is a sample of your hair and a sample of your saliva, and you're sitting it off to a lab to be to be tested and be scanned. And how can we get information from our hair and our spit? Because it's not a DNA test. Um, and that's what a lot of people think of when they think of the, the saliva tests. But what it's doing is machine is going through your samples and testing it energetically a bit against a bunch of different samples. So everything in the world has its own energetic pattern. Our different bodily systems have their own energetic patterns, different toxins, bacteria, foods. We all, they all have their own kind of energetic signature. And we can look at what your energy is saying for being tested against tons and tons and tons of other energetic patterns and see like, okay, this is agreeing with your body. This is not agreeing with your body, or this is causing your body to be very stressed out right now. And um, there's a, there's a, couple different scans that are offered. Um, I love the full body scan because it gives you the absolute most information. It tests um, 14 different bodily systems. So everything from your digestive system to your cardiovascular system, your endocrine system, your nervous system, your detox organs, like your liver and gallbladder, your lymph nodes, all really important information to have when we're trying to figure out like what's going on in your body. So there's like just a few of the systems. It also tests for food and environmental sensitivities, hormonal imbalances, toxins that are resonating with your system. And then you also get remedies, herbal, homeopathic, and nutritional supplement remedies that are going to work for you based on your energetics and based on what is happening for you right now. I am so excited about this. And it's it really is cool. So, you know, for reference, I like I've been going through a lot of healing, right? You know this. Um, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 13. I've been going through healing that. I don't go through Western medicine channels because I've always had a bad reaction on the medications. Um, and I've been able to keep it pretty even keel and steady and not growing more lesions. Um pretty consistently throughout my life. And there's been like some ebb and flow, right? And I'm just continuously like, okay, I'm still feeling really lethargic. So that's what brought this on is I feel like I need to take a nap in the middle of the day. And I was talking to someone about this. I was like, my best time of day is literally from like 9am to 2pm. After that, I'm like brain fog, tired, I don't want to do anything. And it's it's like a push for me at the end of the day to do get stuff done. Yeah, it's like you've, you've used through your energy reserves and now it's like ugh, okay yeah powering and, down yeah and i can't drink a ton of coffee i mean you know i only drink organic organo king coffee so it's got the reishi spores triple tested for mold and mycotoxins like the top Which, shelf yep yep right so good <laughs> and it's so good but even that like too much coffee it makes my my stomach acidity gets really off balance and i feel bad so yep. It's not like I can just drink a bunch of caffeine all day. I supplement with things. Which like, isn't good for you anyways. Like, exactly. let's be honest. Even if you could, doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right. And I mean, because I want to address the problem. Like, I don't want to feel like I need something outside of myself to be able to live my life. And supplementing with lion's mane helps and stuff like that just for the brain function. But yeah, so Ashley and I were talking and I was like, hey, how would you feel about doing one of these scans? You can be on the podcast. It's going to be great. 
We'll go over it for everyone. And so I didn't do the full scan. I did the balance scan because I specifically wanted to know what was going on with my hormones. And I wanted to make sure. So I had an inkling that there was something going on with some parasites as well. So I wanted to check that and just a couple of other things that this goes over. Because as far as foods and stuff at this point, I feel pretty comfortable as like far as listening to my body. So we did the balance scan. And I like honestly, the little that we've talked about it so far it's made so much sense so much sense as far as the bigger picture yeah and we'll talk a little bit about the science in it you know even with the parasites and some of the bacteria that popped up it was cool because having some of my nutrition background and like the whole body background as far as what I took as like for anatomy and physiology one and two microbiology like I'm pretty well versed in some of this stuff so as I was reading more about it I was like oh I totally know what this is yeah so yeah like I was joking with Jillian um just like her response to just getting the test results back how quickly she jumped on it and her knowledge that she already has just through her own healing journey and process and then and the you know education and the background that you have through schooling. Um, I was like, I'm not even need to go over this with you. Like you're gonna know more about it than I do by the time we get to recording this. But it is so cool. And that's one of the things I love about these scans is they give you it's like real-time information about what's going on with your body and what you can do to put your body back into balance. You know, we're not diagnosing anything. We're not, you know, like I'm not a doctor, so I can't diagnose you, but we get so much good information back where we had talked before in um, the the last podcast episode a little bit about, we, we started talking a little bit about this, but we we're talking about like different testing that you can get done for like food sensitivities and how popular those are right now. And one of the big things that I love about the scans versus getting, you know, a, a food sensitivity test, you know, like Gordon's one. You're not like bloodletting all over a paper card that you're then sending off somewhere because full disclosure, I've done those, you know, when I was at the beginning of my health journey and I didn't quite, I didn't know quite as much, you know, like we know better, we do better. I was like, oh, I'm going to see like what I know food really impacts my body. So I'm going to, I'm going to do one of those test kits. And oh my gosh, the amount of blood you have to squeeze out of your finger to fill the little dots. It hurts so bad. (laughs) <laughs> and this doesn't hurt. This doesn't hurt. You're trimming a little bit of hair off or um, getting it out of a hairbrush. Like you're not even having to cut hair. You're taking a little swab of your cheek. It like it's so easy and it's so simple. But with the testing with the food sensitivities is you could pop for having sensitivities to things that you don't actually have sensitivities to because of things like leaky gut or because you had an excess of the food leading up to it. Also, you're going to miss things that cause you issues that maybe you have eliminated from your diet. Like I know you're not really big on eggs. You don't eat gluten. So if you had done like food sensitivity test, if you haven't eaten gluten for a while, it's not going to show up as a problem for you. And this can give people a false sense of security of like, oh man, I like gluten's not a problem for me. So then they can start eating it and either, you know, put their body back because like, oh no, it still is a problem for you. And now it's kind of like worse because you haven't had this in so long. So now your body's really reacting to it. Or you start eating the gluten and you don't associate that being the problem because you're like, well, I just did this test and gluten didn't show up as a problem for me. So it must be something else. So it sends you 
down like a whole other path of trying to fix things when it's not, that's not something you need to fix. You're, you're using, you know, you're throwing more money at it. You're throwing more time at it. You're throwing more stress at it because you're freaking out about like, well, this wasn't bothering me. And now it is the energetic scan, the bioresonance scan will show you that gluten is still a problem for you. Even if you have not eaten it in a while. Um, I did one of these scans before I brought them into my practice. And before I started using them with my clients at that point in time, I think I'd been gluten-free for like four years, you know, and occasionally, yes, probably gotten gluten and stuff like that, but I had not had any instances of that leading up to testing and it still showed as gluten as a problem for me. So it's just, it gives you peace of mind to know like, okay, I didn't eliminate this food for no reason. And it, and it shows you like truly what is a problem for you. It's very bio individual. And that's really one of the things I stress with my clients is like, we're all different. You know, there's certain things that are going to be pretty much blanket for most people, like the less processed foods you eat and the more whole foods you eat, the better your body's going to operate, the better you're going to feel. But when you really get down to the minutia of like eliminating foods or adding foods in, it can be a crapshoot. And these scans can really cut down on the time that you put into you know, like doing an elimination diet or cause you to not eliminate things that are really nutritious options for you. But because you saw something, you know, like on Instagram or on Facebook, or you read like, well, if I'm doing this diet, I have to eliminate all of these foods when you don't need to. Yeah. And so with when you said not a diagnosis, like, so with what we're going to go over today, and she's saying it's not a diagnosis, it's my body's resonating with it. But the things to treat these things, it's not going to hurt me. It's not something, it's not like I'm taking a medication that's going to cause all of these other side effects. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally homeopathic remedies that I can do at home. I know as we talk about the parasites, we're going to go a little bit into what you need to do to go into that because it's not always as simple as, oh, I'm just going to get this and take it. Like you kind of, you have to prep your body for it. Yeah. Don't just do a parasite cleanse just to do one. Um, We'll talk about like some of the signs and symptoms. They can be signs of other issues as well. So if you see some or you hear something and you're like, oh yeah, I I have that or like a couple of those things are familiar to me. Don't just assume you have parasites. They are a problem for a lot of people. And it's not something that uh, you know, it's really talked about in like mainstream culture. Um, it is getting to be a little bit more prevalent, but don't do a parasite cleanse just to do a parasite cleanse. And we'll get to that, you know, like more specifics when we get to that part of the scan. But um, yeah, like I'm I'm a I'm a big believer and you can do a lot more damage to yourself if you like willy nilly just like, oh, I'm just gonna do a detox. Like, no, please don't. <laughs> please yeah. Don't. And I mean, not to mention that you should be working with some sort of practitioner, whether it's Absolutely. a health coach or something Absolutely. like somebody even- who knows what they're doing and can guide you through what your, you know, like step by step what you're walking through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even me, like I'm not a health coach. I'm not a certified health coach. I know a lot of stuff, but yeah. I still want to have someone there to support me that way. If something happens in that process, I still have someone to go, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Does this seem normal or anything like that? And even if you do choose to go through your PCP or general practitioner, that's totally fine too. That's just not my cup of tea. But then also like when you were talking about it, giving you peace of mind, like it makes it makes 
makes your symptoms make sense. It's like you see, you get the scans back and then you're like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And, you know, even some of the stuff that came up, I told you a year ago, I knew it. Like I knew and I've just been putting it off and putting it off. And so then like we did the scan and I'm like, well, now I just know that my body is resonating with that. So, okay, let's address it and let's, let's, let's let me feel like a human again. (laughs) Yeah. It's confirmation and it's validation. It's not like, well, oh, okay. I'm not crazy. Like these, these levels are showing as imbalanced or low. And, you know, now you have actionable steps that you can take to start bringing your body back into harmony, back into balance. And so that you can feel your best. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to get into the scan. So as Jillian mentioned, she did the balancing scan, which the balancing scan is not as in-depth as the full scan. But in the balancing scan, we go over hormonal and nutritional imbalances, resonating toxins, and balancing remedies. So she came to me saying that she, like, she's she's good. She doesn't feel bad. She's not got weird things going on or maybe, like, just received a heavy diagnosis from a doctor or something like that. I work primarily with with women with autoimmune conditions. So very heavy hitting issues, um, very problematic symptoms. And, you know, all, all of my clients who come into my private coaching program get the full scan because I want them to see everything that's going on. And it answers so many questions for them for why are these symptoms occurring? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the reasons I brought this in my practice because it's, it's, such good information. And it really does, like we were just saying, it validates like, okay, there's a reason why I'm feeling this way. There's a reason why this is happening. And now I can do something about it. So Jillian was just feeling like a little bit like, I just want to make some tweaks. So the balancing scan was absolutely appropriate for her. So, and to add on to that a little bit, like specifically what was going on is I hold on to a lot of extra weight. My weight's kind of been fluctuating the last couple of years. I've been really lethargic. My blood pressure has always been really low. And then in working with my acupuncturist and then him saying that I have a deep blood pressure. So my blood's basically not moving fast enough in my body for him to feel that pressure very strongly. And then also in like taking Chinese herbs, like what I take for my periods is you basically answer this quiz and they're like, your key's low, which is your life force energy, which again, blood. Blood is your life, right? So I was just like, I want to see what's going on. And so here we are. Yeah. And we and we definitely got some answers as to why um, that's happening. But Jillian, so she gets her scan, she takes her samples. And when she goes to register her kit, so her, her scan kit is registered to her, she filled out a health questionnaire. So the health questionnaire, and if I'm leaving anything out, just um, jump in, but it goes through a, a very in-depth view of like, what are you doing right now? So, um, you know, how often are are you eating, you know, meats? Are you on a particular diet? How often are you eating vegetables, grains, sugar, sodas, things like that? It also goes into your background for, you know, any diagnoses or issues that you've had in the past and current issues that are happening right now. It goes into your quality of sleep. How many hours of sleep on average are you getting a night? So we're really honing in on what's going on, what's gone on in the past that may be kind of be bubbling up again. Um, so we knew there were some things that were going on that Jillian wanted to address. It was just how do we address them and what particularly is going on. So in the balancing scan, like I said, 
we look at, um, the first thing we look at is the energetic nutritional imbalances. And so you'll hear me use the word imbalances a lot or resonating toxins. And that just means that your body is a little out of whack with whatever, you know, amino acid or enzyme or anything that's coming up. And the resonating toxins, when we get to that, it just means this is something that your body is resonating with. It is not a diagnosis. It does not mean you have this thing. It just means that this is something that's causing your body some stress. So the first panel that we looked at for Jillian were the energetic nutritional imbalances. And we go first to the amino acids that came up. So arginine, cysteine, and proline were the three that showed imbalanced for you. Now, arginine will go, it helps with metabolism. It's a precursor for protein production. And it also is involved in creating other amino acids and hormones and um, all going into like protein synthesis, basically. So a good source of arginine, and this makes sense because it's protein, are going to be like red meats, chicken, turkey, fish, and then dairy. Now, and I do want to like caveat this because I know with Jillian, you do not drink a lot of dairy. So actually, so I've been having raw cow's milk, but also I've been doing a lot of cottage cheese and Greek yogurt. I put it in my smoothie in the mornings. So it's funny because the last, and this has been new for me, like the last couple of months I've been like, I just really feel like I need something else, like a little more protein. And I was like, this is where I'm going to get it because I haven't been wanting meats. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just going to load this up in my smoothies in the mornings. I'll eat little cups of like cottage cheese with fruit in it. And yeah, so it's, it's funny that you said that because yeah my intuition has been like hey we need this absolutely and that goes back to like listening to your body like you knew something was off you had a suspicion of what it might be and you were right but for anybody who does not have regular cow's dairy Goat's milk is also a really good um, substitution for regular dairy. And it's high with um, the arginine and also a couple of the other nutritional things that we'll talk about later. So cysteine also has a role in protein production. It is important for collagen production. So this is the main protein that helps us with our skin, our hair, our nails. Also works as an antioxidant and makes glutathione in the body, which for anyone with any sort of immune issues, glutathione is dubbed the master detoxifier. So it helps our body to detoxify from chemicals, toxins, viruses, things that are not supposed to be in our system, and especially things that are not supposed to be in our system in large amounts. So a way to increase the cysteine is coconut, gelatin, also meats because it's the protein, peanuts, oats, and walnuts. So when we increase the um, cysteine, and we'll kind of like circle back to this, but it also can help with some vitamin production. Mm. And in particular, vitamin vitamin B, which you showed low in. So this is putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. That's another reason why I love these scans. So in my former life, before I was a health coach and personal trainer, I was a detective. I worked at a local sheriff's office and I worked in law enforcement for almost 17 years. So I wanted to be Nancy Drew when I was a kid. And like, I just, I love, I love putting things together because it makes things make sense. And Mm -hmm. like, I know for me, like I'm somebody that I want things to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. So the next amino acid and the last amino acid that you were showing imbalance for is called proline. And this is also for protein synthesis. So I wonder why Jillian doesn't really love meat. (laughs) My body doesn't know what to do with it. Exactly. 
So proline is really important. It's like I said before, with arginine, that is a precursor for making proline. So being imbalanced in arginine could be why you're showing imbalance in the proline, but it's for metabolism, healing wounds, and immune response. So foods that are high in proline, bone broth, gelatin, and most meats and fish. So you're seeing a theme with some of these foods that you can eat and start getting these essential, actually, these are all non-essential amino acids. So our body makes them, but we need to have the right amount of protein in our system so that our bodies can make them. Yeah. And I mean, not to mention, as I was going back to the gym and like lifting weights and stuff like that'll affect things like your soreness levels if you don't have the right amount of protein after you're doing workouts or if your body can't build that protein properly for the muscles then it's going to be harder for you to grow muscle it's going to be harder for you to exert that energy towards it because afterwards your body's so depleted because it's like ah, I didn't have enough to do the thing and then you're just tired after so instead of ha- working out and feeling regenerated I was feeling like I was just worked out and now I need to go lay down for two hours. Yeah. Which nobody wants to feel like that. Mm -mm. Okay. All right. So any questions about those? No. Okay. So the next area that we looked at were enzymes. So you had three enzymes that you were showing imbalanced in amylase, which breaks down carbohydrates, but it is a type of protein. It's a digestive enzyme, but it's a type of protein. Lactase, which helps digest milk and then pepsin which also digests proteins. So one of the recommendations for you was to add digestive enzymes while you're working through the healing. And we'll get to kind of like the the remedies protocol in a little bit. But natural digestive enzymes can come from fruits like ginger, papaya, pineapple, avocado, kiwis. And you can also get it with like prebiotic foods like kefir and sauerkraut. So if we're lacking digestive enzymes, we're going to experience digestive issues, which can lead to like stomach cramping, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and it's our food's not going to be broken down properly. So then we're not getting the full nutritional panels from the foods that we should be. I did have a question about that. So digestive enzymes, I'm not against taking them, Mm -hmm. but here's my thought. So would I be able to take digestive bitters to help create more digestive enzymes within my body instead of replacing with the enzymes? Okay. And so the reason I'm asking this, just so people know the difference between digestive bitters and digestive enzymes, sometimes when we take supplements or vitamins or medicine, medication that replaces what our body's doing or to create that our body stops doing it and it's like oh okay cool like I don't got to do this anymore I don't have to work as hard so our body gets lazy in that process so then when you stop taking it you almost are worse off than when you started because you're just replacing these medications or this hormone or whatever Mm -hmm. in your body so for me if I can try and do this through digestive bitters which is something that you take that supports your body it's basically basically like a tincture that I take around mealtimes. And I have it because I've taken it in the past. And Mm -hmm. I take it if I'm feeling bloated or like feel like my stomach hurts, I'll take it. So I just need to start taking it more consistently. But that's the difference. One is going to help your body produce what it needs to do. Also with this, we're going to do another scan in six to eight weeks, and then we're going to see where I'm at. So if that's not helping taking those consistently, then I'll look at it again and be like, okay, maybe I do need to start adding in the enzymes themselves. And And I think it absolutely will. Other things that you can do 
juice. I mentioned the probiotic foods. So mm-hmm. you can, you can like, if you're taking a um, probiotic for like a, a supplemental probiotic, a lot of people take those, especially this time of year to kind of like help with their immune system and things. But apple cider vinegar, having a small amount of that in a glass of water before a meal that can help with the digestive process. Mm-hmm. And here's the best thing that you can do. And it's free. Slow down and chew your food thoroughly. So just the process of, you know, like our digestive system gets going just when we start thinking about food, when we start smelling our food and we're in such a rush to eat, you know, like how often are we like standing over the sink, the kitchen sink, like scarfing our food down because we're running out the door because we have kids activities or we're going to an appointment or like we're scarfing down breakfast in the car on the way to work. Those do not help with digestion. So if you can, you know, really take just a couple minutes to smell your food, say a prayer, just say, say thanks for your food and just appreciate the nutrition that is going to be coming into your body for your food. Even if you're eating something that's not like the best for you, if you can appreciate your food, just the energy that you're like putting into your food and doing that, that is going to help you. And it's going to help you get the nutritional benefits from the food. And I know it's like sounds wacky, but I believe it's true. It also slows you down so that your senses are taking in the food. And when you start eating, chewing your food thoroughly, and I'm talking like 20 to 30 chomps per bite of food, it's going to slow you down in your eating. It's going to pulverize the food in your mouth the way it needs to be so that when you swallow it and it's getting into your digestive tract, it's actually broken down really well so that your body can process it better. But it also gets those digestive enzymes going because it's like, oh, wait, we need to start making this stuff because we've got food coming. Mm. So if you think about it, If you're eating a meal in five minutes and like from start to finish, I'm done. And like you're out the door onto the next thing. How much preparation have you given your body to digest the food? Not much. Not much. But if you take it, you sit down at a table with, you know, like a fork and a knife and everything. (laughs) You smell your food. You just take a moment to say thanks for it. And you start taking small bites and you chew 15 times. Mm-hmm. less than what's recommended before you swallow the food you're giving your body that chance to say like oh okay we're we're on like let's get on stage it's our time to shine and you're giving your body the opportunity to actually process your food yeah i love that and yeah when i was in mexico we would have silence from 10 p.m to 10 a.m right so no one was talking so i would have my breakfast quietly by myself every day and i would sit in this chair and face this like it wasn't a mountain i was in the desert but it was like a big hill And I would just look at it towards the beach and just like close my eyes and just like taste my food. Like that's the best food I've ever had in my life. And I don't even think it's because it's the food. I think it was because I was so into it and that was all I was doing. So also just going to put this in there. Stop watching TV while you eat. I just don't recommend it. But yeah, or working like if you're sitting at your computer, which like I'm guilty of this sometimes, but I really try to catch myself when I'm doing it, you know, like make time to actually eat your food, make time to make your food. Make that a priority, especially if you're having any sort of digestive issues, that's, it's going to go a long way to help you. And it's like absolutely free. Yeah. No supplements, no spending money, just, just take a little bit more of your time. I love it. So the next thing that we looked at were your fatty acids and the EPA, GLA, and CLA were showing imbalanced. So EPA is an omega-3, and that's one that I feel like is really like spotlight on like everybody, oh, we need more omega-3s, we need more omega-3s. Well, yeah, I mean, our diets are pretty depleted 
of omega-3s, the fatty acids are really good for inflammation and your response to inflammation, calming inflammation down. But omega-6s, which is the GLA and the CLA, those are important too. It's just omega-6s get a really bad rep because in the standard American diet, we eat them in so much excess that we actually do need more of the omega-3s because the ratio is supposed to be about three to one, where we're having like three to one omega-3s to one omega-6. But the omega-6s are really important for how our bodies create and di- like digest and use nutrients. So we do need them. It's just if you're eating a standard American diet, you probably don't need to focus on them. Got it. So ways that you can get all of these are your cold water fatty fishes. So your, you know, your salmons, your mackerels, tuna. Um, you can also get them in chia seeds, flax seeds, and hemp seeds. Um, CLA in particular is found in dairy and in beef, but dairy also beyond just cow's milk, sheep's and goat's milk. CLA is, is pretty high in GLA. You can also get in topical sources like evening primrose or borage oil. Borage is a, it's an herb. You can make a tea out of it. I'm not super familiar with it. So I'm not going to recommend people like boil their own herbs and make their own teas, like if you can find it, but it's something like our skin absorbs everything that we put on it. So mm-hmm. if you are, you know, maybe needing a little extra GLA, you can find a really well-sourced cold press organic barrage oil and just use it on your body before you go to bed at night. You know, you can like rub it into your cuticles on your hands. So you're taking care of your hands and keeping your fingernails looking nice but also like you're absorbing those healthy oils too. Love it. Okay. So the next thing we look at were your um, minerals that are in balance. So those showed up as copper, manganese, and zinc. So all of these have to do with like zinc in particular. So DNA, cell growth, protein, synthesis, and building. Who needs that? Um, healing and damaging tissues and immune function and immune support. Manganese in particular has to do with blood, mm-hmm. bones, and mm-hmm. connective tissue. So those are big ones for you, as well as sex hormones, which we're going to kind of get into those a little bit further down when we talk about hormonal imbalances. So you can get these in any, any not any food, but um, a wide variety of foods. So beans, lentils, again, salmon, beef, broccoli, liver. I know you're taking a liver supplement now. So that's going to be really good for building up these. Yeah. It's interesting because I've been taking the beef organ supplements for a while. And so I would, I would think that it wouldn't be as bad at this point, but I wonder how depleted were you before you started taking them? Mm -hmm. We don't know that. Yeah. So vitamins that you are showing imbalance in are vitamin B12, vitamin and vitamin E. So vitamin B, you're talking about low energy, but it helps with. There's going to be an episode that comes out before this one where I'm talking to Becca Roses. She's an epigenetics coach. We are very good <laughs> friends. And it's interesting listening to some of what's coming up because I, so she makes our supplements, right? She makes our custom supplements and everything for us. And my body in my genes, it says I hold on to zinc really well. So we, I don't know that we put a ton of zinc in my supplement because she's like, you may not need it. So like I'm saying this because it's really good to get different types of scans to get the full body picture, mm-hmm. to know what my body works well with. So like once I start taking zinc, once we test again in a few weeks, I may not need to take much of it anymore, or I may not need to take as much as the average human. And because- I would also say, I don't know that I would recommend a zinc supplement for 
for you. Mm -hmm. I would say supplement with all of this supplement through food as much as you can. And like the quality of the food is really going to be important and things like that. But if you need to add it on, you can always add it on with a good quality supplement. But I, I'm not a fan of just throwing supplements at problems, um, especially like a lot of supplements, you know, and, and we'll get to it when you talk about the remedies, but there's a few that were suggested and recommended to you. And these are all ones that resonated with your body, with where you are right now and can help you. But even with that, I'm like, let's prioritize these three because you're going to get the most bang for your buck with these. And then once we kind of address the things that we're going to talk about you addressing first and foremost, then yeah, maybe add these two in or have these three as the front runners and the priority. And then once you've gotten through that part, these are really good supportive supplements, Mm. but not necessarily anything that you're going to have to be on forever. If you start taking six different supplements at one time, like what works and what doesn't. Yeah, for sure. So I eat with my clients, like I, you know, any supplements that they go on, it's like add one at a time, take it for at least three days to see how you feel. Because if you start taking six supplements and all of a sudden you've got like stomach aches and you're not feeling good, like, well, now you have to stop all of them because you don't know which one did it. Whereas you start, you know, you slowly and then you get to that fourth one, you're like, ooh, that's not good for me. Then you know, and you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. <laughs> but also, so like the B12. Don't throw your babies, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But with the B12, so I'm a secretor, right? So I know that I have to have super accessible forms so, of B12. Or yeah. My so body what, is, what does that it. mean though? So I know our episode will come out first, but if somebody yeah. didn't listen to the episode, what does being a secretor mean? It basically means that if I'm taking a B12 source and it's not openly accessible or bioavailable to my body, then I, w- I just dump it out. And so I pretty much will always need to supplement with B12 because food's just not going to be enough for me. But I know that I have to make sure that it either has to be a, a methylated, a methylated yes. form of B12 or like a sublingual B12 or something like that. That way my body can actually use it. Rather um, than just taking a vitamin you would buy at the store. Yes. Yes. So yeah. it's important. But yes. So vitamin B12, and that was the very first one that you showed for. So that is super, super important. And you can get that through food sources. But like you said, you know, because of past testing that you have had done that you need it in a little bit more than just supplementing through food. Yeah. Now your vitamin C and your vitamin E, those are both antioxidants. They're going to help with immune support. They're going to help with repairing tissue. So any injuries that you have anything like that, those are going to be really good for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get those again in a lot of different kinds of foods. So dark leafy greens, organ meats. So again, were you super depleted in vitamin B and this is helping you and now you're just a little off? You know, we didn't do the full scan. So I don't know what you would be showing for for your bodily systems. Mm-hmm. But as I was going through this, I was kind of curious as to what that would look like. And if we could say like, okay, this is showing highly stressed. Whereas, oh, this is probably why, or maybe you might have something that's going on that's depleting your vitamin E and your nutrients, which we'll sort of get to when we talk about parasites. Yeah. Okay. So that is the full picture of your energetic nutritional imbalances. Next, we move on to energetic toxins. And again, I'm going to take caveat. I'm not diagnosing you with anything. I cannot diagnose you with anything. 
these are just toxins that are showing as stressing your body in some way, shape, or form that you're going to want to pay attention to or address. Now, the energetic toxins come up in several different categories. There's bacteria, chemicals, parasites, viruses, metals, and mold. Metals and mold, you didn't have any of. So congratulations. (laughs) You're the first person I've done a scan on that has not come back for a metal or a mold. Man, that's impressive. Like like both being clear. So that's awesome. And the other thing is, um, because like with parasites, you did have two of those. Parasites will hold on to bacteria and metals and mold and viruses. So it's really interesting that you didn't show for those because it wouldn't be out of the question for you to have both of those showing as a problem along with the parasites. But I'm wondering if it's because of the type of parasites that you have, Mm -hmm. if that's maybe not why those, like those, those aren't an issue for you. Yeah. And preface this, the likelihood that you have a parasite if you're a human is like 99%, right? So like with this being said, not to freak anybody out, but like you probably have parasites and it's not a big deal. This one specifically is affecting me more than most would. But also like if I had had mold and heavy metal toxicity as well on top of the parasites, I think like I would be feeling really bad. I wouldn't just be like, ah, I kind of feel like something's off. I'd be like, no, I feel sick. So let's get into it. Okay. So the bacteria that you had the Shingella dysentery, which sounds terrible because you hear dysentery. You're like, oh, (laughs) Um, it's really... So you know what I thought of when I was reading about it? I was like, I'm not playing organ trail right now. How do I have dysentery? Am I going to die? You died of dysentery. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So it is a form, but it's basically like food poisoning. So it can be very dramatic, but it's not necessarily something that you're, you know, like bleeding out of your booty. So that affects the digestive system, obviously, with it being some, you know, like a a form of food poisoning, and it can lead to, you know, diarrhea and stomach cramps and bloating pains, things like that. One, I I think this is just something because of the parasites. I think that's why it's showing up for you is because I think your microbiome and your gut is a little off because of this, which leads me to the next one of the two bacteria that you showed for was the Gardenella vaginis, which is a common bacteria that um, women have in their vaginal canal. Mm -hmm. And I would suspect that the, because you have a microbiome down there too. And I would suspect that it's just maybe a little overpopulated. Mm -hmm. And that's also because of your gut microbiome being a little off right now. Yeah. And so even with bacteria in my knowledge in it, just so everyone knows, bacteria is everywhere. And there is good bacteria and bad bacteria like on our skin, there is good bacteria and bad bacteria. And so when the bad bacteria starts to overpopulate, the best way I like get this image is like, there's like this tiny war going on of your good bacteria always trying to kill off the bad bacteria. That way it stays balanced. Or sometimes you need a little bit of both. And so it's balancing it out. Yeah. And our digestion. Both. Yeah. You just don't want the bad bacteria to take over the good bacteria because that's when you get dysbiosis and that's where you will start running into healthy issues. 
Yeah. And I mean, especially like as women in our vagina, it's like we have all of this bacteria down there. And so when it gets off balance, like when our pH gets off balance or anything, like it can just cause issues and even in your digestive system. So like in your colon, there's a lot of bacteria down there that does a lot of good work for us. But if we have too much of the bad bacteria, then you end up not feeling awesome, having some signs and symptoms. And it's so funny when they came back. And I know I had mentioned this to you, you know, being in microbiology, we looked at a lot of bacteria and parasites. And I was like, man, I would wash my hands so well after I'm like, I am not, I do not need this in my life. Like I'm washing my hands. I'm washing my whole body. Like I'm cleaning everything off. I'm like, no, we're not doing it. But it was really cool because then when I was looking at these bacteria, I was like looking at it and I was like, oh, you're familiar with them. It's a round shape and it's anaerobic. So it doesn't like, it doesn't breathe. It doesn't use air to survive. And so it was just really interesting to be able to look at all of that. Yeah. So with chemicals, you had butadine and phenylmercuric nitrate. So it's a mouthful. I love all these scientific words, not being a scientist. (laughs) No, I'm like, what is butadine? So that is a product that is used to make rubber and resins and plastics. It is a categorized as a possible human carcinogen. And it's basically found in like beauty products. So Mm. hair dyes, lipsticks, lip glosses, body oils, moisturizers, those sort of things. It's used as a preservative. And the nitrate it's an antiseptic antifungal. It is used in eye drops, but it is also in the family of benzenes. And I know you know what those are because of your background with, you know, less toxic products and your knowledge about those. Mm-hmm. So benzenes are highly toxic to our kidneys, which process a lot of waste out of our system. So really just kind of, and this is something that you may not have control over. I know you're very mindful of the types of products that you use and that you bring into your home. Mm -hmm. So it could be stuff that you were exposed to in your work environment. It could be any number of things Mm -hmm. that you don't have a lot of control over. But if you were like a regular client and I didn't know the types of products you were using, my immediate thing would be go check your products and see what you're using. Um, You can use apps like the EWG or Think Dirty to scan your products or, or even go in like if you scan your product and it show up, you can go in and search the ingredients individually. Like I have definitely done that, especially like as I was learning about all this stuff, you know, years ago, but you want to know what you're putting on your body is safe. And if you're, you know, having any kind of like weird symptoms, or you know, you have some sort of like, you know, chronic illness, or you have had one in the past, you really want to be careful about the types of products you're using. Not that you have to go and throw out everything that you own, but you know, the ones that use every single day, you know, like deodorants or shampoos, body washes, soaps, things like that. Those are the ones that you really want to prioritize making sure that they're they're safe for you to use. Yeah, absolutely. And in switching all of my products originally a couple years ago, I had to like look at myself and say, Jillian, it's never going to be perfect. You're going to go out in public and use soap in a public restroom. And that's not going to be the soap that you use at home. And it's okay. And even with living at my mom's house, as we're recording this episode with being there, like I can't control a lot of what products they use. Like it's not my place to go into their home and be like, you can't use this or this or this. Like I have my space. And so I just kind of knew it was going to be all right and it's going to be fine. And so I wouldn't be surprised that like some of these, if that's why they're coming up as well. Yeah. So next up we have parasites. Yay. (laughs) 
which I think um, you've already alluded to, but I think this is your big issue. So you had resonated with Babesia, which is a blood parasite that is transmitted through ticks. And it is a co-infection with Lyme. And I just want to say that you, you did not show any sort of resonating anything for Lyme. But for anybody who's listening to this, a co-infection with Lyme, it doesn't mean you have Lyme, but it does mean that this is the type of parasite or virus or bacteria that is very commonly associated and often diagnosed along with Lyme. And what I have learned, um, I, I was diagnosed with Lyme several years ago. And what I have learned about Lyme is that sometimes it's the co-infections that can be as bad or if not worse than the actual like Lyme disease itself. So Babesia can cause fatigue, headaches, digestive issues, loss of appetite, and things like that. So I really believe that a lot of what you're dealing with has to do with these particular parasites. Parasites, just some common symptoms, signs of parasites. And again, these can coincide with a lot of other things, but um, digestive issues. So bloating, gas, diarrhea, nausea, skin issues, rashes, itching, things like eczema, psoriasis. Those can also bubble up with parasites, fatigue, lack of energy. Those are, those are two really big ones with mm. parasites, grinding or clenching the teeth, nutritional deficiencies, and then craving carbs or sugar. Like if you are just wanting to consume bread and sweets and things all the time, it's not necessarily parasites. Like it could just be you're kind of used to those things and, you know, our bodies get addicted to, to sugar mm. and having all that extra yumminess that is not good for us in large amounts, but it could be a sign of parasites. So- yeah. And so this is actually what I thought I mm -hmm. had about a year ago. And there's a practitioner. She gives a lot of information on Lyme and co-infections. And it was coming up a lot of my feet at the time. And I was like, that sounds like that could be me. And so I was like, well, you we should really do a parasite cleanse. I've been thinking about it. But basically, so the reason we were so heavy about parasite cleanses at the beginning as well is like, if you're okay, I'm just going to be blunt because it's the truth. And if your detox pathways are not open, these parasites do not leave your body. They just right. detach from where they are and they go to different places like your brain or other organs, which can further make you sick instead of making it better. So in preparing for this, I've already, we have a plan as far as like making sure my detox pathways are open. There's two supplements I'm taking. I'm going to begin taking next week that Emily Morrow makes. And I will link that in the show notes as well. If anybody wants to look into her stuff, she does blood labs and she's just incredible. But so her core formulas, I'm going to be taking those. I'm also going to be using my infrared sauna blanket daily to be able to sweat every day because that's a detox pathway. So our skin detox pathway, our colon pooping detox pathway, our kidneys peeing detox pathway. So we just want to make sure that it's as open as possible so that everything's moving out at a normal rate. And so I know like my minimum, I need to be sweating every day 
for at least an hour. I also need to, I mean, hydrate, obviously. And then also I want to be pooping at least two to three times a day minimum because I don't want to get more sick because I'm trying to cleanse this. I really want to take care of this parasite and be done with it. Now, are there other parasites that will probably come out? Yes. Can you see a blood parasite leave? Not necessarily. That's why we're doing a follow-up scan to see if it's still an issue or not. But basically what I was reading about the Babesia is it's breaking up my red blood cells. It's hiding there. It's breaking them up. And it's really interesting because of who I am and how I am. I look at my blood labs every year when I go to my GP and they, I was looking at them this year and my IgG levels were high. And that's something that's associated with having Babesia. And I remember Googling like, why would my IgG levels be high? What's going on here? And so then when she told me this, I was like, that makes sense. Like it gave me a full picture of this makes so much sense to me, not to mention with the nutrition portion of it. That could be why, because I eat pretty much a whole foods diet. And then the processed food that I do eat, it's not a regular American diet. That's what we'll say. It's generally like based off of whole foods. You know, I'm pretty picky about what I eat anyway. So it's like for me to be having some of these imbalances based on the way that I eat, I'm like, it it doesn't make sense, you know? And so it does make sense that this parasite would be taking away from the way my body absorbs the nutrients, especially if I'm taking B12 daily, as well as the liver supplement, my body may just not be able to hold on to it because of what's going on with the parasite. Yeah. And I'll just add to that with the B12, that is, if you're low in B12, you can be susceptible to anemia. And I don't, I don't think we've said it on here, but in talking in just the past, because, you know, we know each other, we're friends outside of this podcast. You have said like you, you're not low in iron, but you have had doctors suspect that you have anemia. You're acupuncturist. Like he has got a really low pulse. So, um, a, a deep pulse is, you know, and you did mention that on here. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And, you know, honestly, like I personally do not remember like a point in my life where I was like, I got bit by a tick. You know, I do remember at one point I had a rash on my side when I was in high school and we looked at that. And, you know, honestly, I was living in the country. It could have been a tick bite and it fell off and I just didn't know. But it also could have been related to the virus we're going to talk about as well. Yeah. And also just to say too, there's literature coming out now that says, you know, like mosquitoes, spiders can also Mm -hmm. transmit these types of issues. So it's, it's really just sometimes you never know where it came from. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with Lyme. I have no idea. I don't, I, I've, to my knowledge, never bit by a tick. I never had the classic presenting symptoms of, you know, the initial infection or anything like that. No rash, no nothing. So that's like, I was shocked when it came out, but like I have been working with a really good doctor who honed in on something else is going on here. And when I was looking into Babesia as well, it's actually related or like in the family of malaria. So I'm not surprised yeah. that other bugs can pass that around too. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So um, for viruses, which is the last panel for the energetic toxins, you showed resonating with Epstein-Barr virus, EBV, and rhinovirus. Now, rhinovirus is a common cold respiratory infection. You could have a little touch of something, you know, right before you took the test and, you know, still not completely out of your system. That one I'm not concerned about. The EBV, that is something that's more concerning only because it does cause a lot of fatigue. EBV, uh, most people have Epstein-Barr, even if you have never like tested for it, it's 
better known as like mono. So, you know, a lot of kids get it, teenagers, things like that. And you can get it without having a super severe reaction and, you know, really knocking you down. You could have mistaken it for the flu or something like that. So a lot of people have Epstein-Barr and they don't realize it. You can't cure it, Mm -hmm. but when your immune system's strong, it's not bothering you. So like if this was me and this was my scan, I would go, okay, parasites are tanking my immune system. So it's causing some of these other things to come up and it's causing some of these nutritional imbalances to happen. And, you know, like I'm, I'm taking a B12, but I'm showing, you know, like imbalance in that. Hmm, that doesn't make sense. So I really think, and it's why we're prioritizing the detox, like opening your pathway so you can detox properly and, and hitting the parasites. Mm-hmm. And with Epstein-Barr virus, it basically lives in you forever. It goes dormant is what happens. So, and it's the same with mono, um, similar with chicken pox, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. fewer. And, and Lyme and, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff, like you can have these issues and these, these things that, you know, can like totally tank out your system. They usually become more of a problem when something else is going on. So, yeah. you know, like mold and Lyme are very synonymous. Usually the Lyme is, is activated and reactivated because your system is so tanked because of mold. I think the EBV is showing for you because of the parasites. You know, it's usually not just one thing. It's kind of like the totality of the circumstances and what's going on. Yeah. And then, I mean, not to mention just the overachiever that I am and doing all the things all the time on top of it and being tired. And honestly, that's the thing that I'm most excited about is just to feel like I'm to not be tired. I'm like, man, I'm going to be so productive. Okay. So full picture. And this isn't a diagnosis. This is the way my brain works, right? And Ashley and I have talked about this a little bit. But so the rhinovirus totally makes sense. Like Oren was sick before I went to Austin at the beginning of October. I don't think his body cleared it out. He got sick again. My stepdad was sick. Like I've been surrounded by all these sick people. And by the grace of God, I never actually got sick or felt bad a little nasally. But like my immune, and I was actually impressed because I was like, oh, my immune system must be picking back up. Because when I was on one of the medications for MS a few years ago, it tanked. Basically, so multiple sclerosis medications, the way they work is they lower your immune system because what's happening is your immune system is attacking the myelin sheath surrounding your nerves, which is the fatty tissue around your nerves that helps them communicate better, right? So they lower your immune system basically in order to help prevent that from happening. Now, with that, there's it's super common for Epstein-Barr to like be involved or mimic MS as well. And I know the Lyme can do that as well. And it's so it's like, it's basically just causing this demyelination of the myelin sheath because of the fact that you have this extra virus going on. And my immune system is so overwhelmed that it's kind of like spazzing out, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. I feel fine as far as the multiple sclerosis stuff goes. And it's just, I'm tired. I'm tired of being tired. Like I, and we talked about this the other day, like I was sending you a voice note and I was like, just giving an example. Like I had slept like eight or nine hours that night. And I sleep like I sleep at least nine hours every night because I know myself and I love sleep and I know I need it. So I did this, but like it was probably 10 a.m. I was like, I could go for a nap right now. Like, am I falling asleep as I'm driving? No, but like, I know if I laid down, I would fall asleep. Right. And it's stuff like that where I'm like, no, I just want to be functioning better. And it's really interesting because Epstein-Barr, it basically like, so viruses are shaped in different forms. And I think it's really interesting 
it's spiral shaped, right? So certain viruses are shaped in this spiral. It's called a spirochete. And they literally drill into your cells and they basically override what the cell is doing. And I'm interested to see once we deal with the parasites, how everything else falls into place. I agree. And that's why like in talking about a healthy lifestyle, it's so important to look at the whole picture and, you know, not letting it control your life, like knowing that you can't control everything. Go to the restaurant that may not have the perfect exact food that you need, but like don't do it every day. You know what I mean? Like if you're going out for a family event, okay, do it once, but then that's it. And also like even with this protocol that we're about to start for me, so like you had mentioned this too in an email to me, like not drinking alcohol, making sure that I'm not adding any extra toxins into my body because the par- that like is like a power up to the parasite. And I don't want to try and power it up while I'm trying to get it to move out. Yeah. Well, and also it's like just for your, your detox system. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like your liver, your kidneys, those are your like huge detoxification organs. They're responsible for getting like shifting the waste out of your system and your body has to process alcohol. It's processed in the liver. So you're like cutting off your nose to spite your face. If you're consuming alcohol or like high, like sugar, parasites Mm -hmm. love sugar. So if if you're also it's hard on the liver to process large amounts of sugar. So if you're it's like a bucket, you know, like your bucket is is pretty full. We want to get some water out of the bucket before we start adding stuff in. So that's why it's so important to open your detox pathways. You're basically like you're taking your metal bucket, you're drilling a couple holes in it so that the water can come out slowly and drain in in, you know, an organized fashion without it just like gushing out and then you can add stuff in to your bucket so Mm -hmm. that your bucket is draining while you're addressing the bad stuff that's in your bucket. Yes. And even, but as you're opening your detox pathways and sweating, shower as soon as you can because your skin reabsorbs what you sweat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll get into some other ways to open up the detox pathways when we're talking about what you're, what you're going to be doing. So now moving on to energetic hormonal imbalances. So you had four areas where you were showing low. This is going to make sense when we kind of go back and look at some of the stuff that's going on with the, um, Um, toxins that we just covered, and then your vitamins and things. So low ACTH, which is the adrenocorticotropic hormone, it regulates cortisone and androgen production. So our androgen hormones are better known as our sex hormones. So progesterone, testosterone, estrogen, things like that. When we are low in these hormones, it can cause fatigue, something that you have been experiencing. DHEA is another very like well-known hormone that is produced by the adrenal. So if we're low in these hormones, you know, fatigue, low energy, kind of like bad mood. If you're experiencing mood swings or like, I don't know if you've ever been where like you've had a really good day and things are going well, but you're just kind of like me, like, nah. not like anxious, depressed, sad, anything. It's like a general blah sense. So this can be a really good indicator of what's going on there. It can also lead to poor concentration and loss of muscle strength or muscle mass. Yeah, so any of that ringing any bells? Yeah. I mean, outside of the fatigue, just the like, I've been feeling a lot weaker. And I mean, I was in the gym pretty consistently at the beginning of this year. And then, but I still felt weak. Like I didn't feel 
as strong as I usually do. And yeah, you were saying that like you would work out, but you just, you would feel like maybe you wanted to go lay down rather than Mm -hmm. energize. Yeah. And super depleted. So that, that tracks. All right. Well, another reason why it might track is because the second hormone you showed low in is growth hormone. So this is a hormone that is most prevalent in us as kids. And as we are growing up, because it helps us to grow and it naturally falls off as we get older, but we still need to have enough of growth hormone because it helps regulate metabolism, helps with blood sugar balance, mm. and it can lead to low insulin resist or low insulin or insulin resistance if we don't have enough of it. So some of the ways that we can naturally boost our growth hormone is exercise, which you don't really feel like doing if you're feeling weak while you're while you're exercising. We get tired. Sugar. Yeah, exactly. Um, limiting sugar intake, intermittent fasting, um, which I don't want to get a lot into because it's definitely not my area of expertise. And that look you just gave for anybody who's just listening, she was like, stab me with a spoon. That sounds horrible. And I agree. I am not a big fan of intermittent fasting, but I will say women if you are choosing to go the intermittent fasting path, we have to do it differently than men do. And we have to do it kind of based on our our cycle, but based on our menstrual cycle. There are certain days and certain times during a cycle where we are just naturally lower energy because of the things that are happening in our body. And you may need shorter fasting windows and things like that. Something that I talk to my clients about, which is kind of like, it's not really fasting, but it's sort of like a little bit of a natural fasting, but it helps with sleep too, is having a cutoff for when you stop eating at night. And that's a couple hours before you go to bed. So if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you don't really want to eat anything past 8 p.m. because then your body is processing food as you're sleeping. If you're somebody who deals with low blood sugar though, like so so it just depends. This is why it's so bio-individual. If you have low blood sugar, you might need to eat a little snack before you go to bed so you're not waking up in the middle of the night because your blood sugar is dropped. So it's really about kind of just playing around with this and seeing what feels good for your body. But if you need a snack before you go to bed, maybe you don't have coffee right when you wake up. You know, maybe you have a little bit more protein or a little bit more fat in your breakfast so you can get your metabolism going. Mm -hmm. But we really want to have a block of time where we're not eating. Like we don't want to, you know, be up eating at, you know, like 12 o'clock at night and then we're having food again, you know, for breakfast at like five or six because it's not allowing our body body to rest, like rest, we need rest to digest, but we also need rest to go out and repair our body while we're sleeping. And if your body's busy digesting your food, you're not going to get that really good restorative sleep that you actually need. Yeah, I love that. And look, so the face I made for intermittent fasting, I am not against it. I don't know that it's for me. I've done it in the past and man, my blood sugar just plummets. And so I'm super hungry. I feel nauseous. I am lethargic. Like I don't feel well. And so for me, it's never been something that I'm like, oh, I feel great doing this. Like if that was the case, then absolutely. I would probably consider it. And I mean, I'm not a big breakfast person anyway. So it's not like I'm waking up and eating this like huge breakfast. So like for me, the things that I've done, which is still a little fasty to me because I'm not like eating food, but I really like liquids anyway. So, but I'll do a smoothie with cottage cheese or like the Skyer Greek Greek yogurt for some protein and 
olive oil as well goes in my smoothie. And then in my coffee, I put an egg yolk. I know we talked about me not doing well with eggs. That confirmation came to me from a food test, a food allergy test, right? But it's the egg whites that are a problem for me. And it's always made me feel itchy on the inside. Didn't make me feel good. I'll have egg whites sometimes or like the whole egg sometimes, but like I just put the egg yolk in my coffee. And so it's that extra boost of B vitamins and protein because I know I need those. Yeah. Yeah. So fasting for me with my blood sugar and just knowing myself, it's never been something that's like, oh, I'm totally down to do this. Like I'm open to try a lot of things and I have tried it in the past and it just, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. See, like what were, you know, some of the advice that comes back based on the scan is generalized advice. You know, if like for most people, if you have low growth hormone, intermittent fasting is going to be really helpful. It's not for everyone. And this is when it really gets important to listen to your body and experiment, see how things make you feel. Because a lot of people you talk about with intermittent fasting, they're like, oh my gosh, I had more energy. I wasn't hungry. Like I thought I was going to be really hungry. But after the first week, like my body adjusted and they're like, you know, they're great. That is opposite of what you would. And, you know, if I sit here and I'm like, hey, Jillian, I know that you hate doing this. And I know this really probably isn't great for your body, but like go do it anyways. That's not helping you. And it's not going to produce more of a growth hormone because low growth hormone can lead to blood sugar and insulin resistance and problems. So then if you are compounding that by intermittent fasting, you're tanking your growth hormone. So I wouldn't recommend that for you. Yeah. And Um, to like mention on the snacks, so something that I've loved doing, not necessarily right before bed, but I'll do it as like a dessert. I, you know, if you're listening to this, something that's big right now is the like date candy bars, right? I haven't made one, but I basically do a date peanut butter and a couple of like dark chocolate chips. So and good. it's it's so good. And honestly, so good. it keeps my blood sugar level throughout the night so I can sleep through the night and I'm not waking up starving. Because yeah. once I started actually eating enough calories for my human size, I was waking up hungry. And that's great because you Mm -hmm. want that. You want to see that your metabolism's working, but I still didn't want a ton of food. So that's why I do the smoothies with all of this other stuff because it gives me this like nutrient dense type situation and hydration as soon as I wake up, which is like perfect for my mermaid soul. Yeah. And it's good for your digestive system because you're not, if you're not digesting foods optimally right now, it's you're not grinding up the foods and chewing and doing all that. So it's already pulverized that's in a liquid form. So you're still getting nutrients. You're still getting hydration. You're doing what feels good for your body. Yeah. And I love that. And even just as like going through the parasite cleanse, the way I eat is going to be very different because I'm going to do a lot of, they're called pre-digested foods, um, like soups, you know, stuff that's kind of easy on your stomach, soup, smoothies, steamed vegetables. It's already like broken it down some level. So that way, but it's super hydrated because I love, I love a good roasted vegetable, but it's taking all of the moisture out of that vegetable. So by adding it back in through the soup or the steaming, you're still getting the hydration of the food. Yeah. And your body's going to be working overtime to kick Mm -hmm. out those parasites, those unwelcomed little, little tenants. So you want your digestion to to, you, you don't want everything going to your digestion because like digesting food, big process for our bodies. Personally, for me too, like I intermittent fasting sounds like kind of terrible to me. I don't, I'm not in the same position where I need to have a snack before bed. So I do better if I, you know, it's, it's not like super strict anymore, but when I started it, 
was like, okay, if I kind of like, I'm not, you know, sitting in the front of the TV mindlessly snacking before bed, I felt a lot better. I woke up feeling better. I wasn't bloated. You know, I just, it, that's what works for me. Um, so it's not for everyone. And this is where like, it really comes to being really important that you know how to listen to your body and you try, you know, you may have to try a couple of different things and try things for a little while to see if they work for you. Sometimes you do things for a week and it's not, if you're not seeing results, it's not necessarily because it's working. It's just because your body's readjusting. Mm -hmm. That's why I really love just like, especially like working with somebody that you can kind of talk to and be like, Hey, I'm doing this. I haven't seen anything or I'm doing this and this is happening. Is that normal? Is that not? Because somebody who has walked this path with other clients or, you know, been in this realm long enough can say like, mm, that doesn't sound right. Let's like, let's readjust, you know, like you're, you're not on your own and getting the support sometimes helps to get you there a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one other note I want to say on the growth hormone before we move on is one of the recommendations is to consider an arginine supplement, which if you go back to the very, very beginning of us starting to talk, arginine is amino acid that is essential for growth hormone. So you are low in that, you're low in growth hormone. So we kick out these parasites, you're processing and digesting and absorbing your amino acids from the proteins that you're eating better, maybe that growth hormone naturally starts rising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So next on the list is progesterone, which I did mention when I was talking about the low ACTH because it is responsible for the androgen hormone. So progesterone, that is another one of our sex hormones. It affects are, you know, for women, our menstrual cycle. Men do have progesterone in their bodies, but it's at a much lower level. But low progesterone can lead to low sex drive, irregular periods, and affected mood or the ability to get pregnant. And I know that's not something that you're focused on right now, but for women of childbearing age, it is important to have that so that you can have a non-painful and regular menstrual cycle. So yeah. kind of boosting that up is probably going to like, it's not going to put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, progesterone, it, it's, it's what helps build the lining of your uterus. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, my periods and even like I had mentioned before about when I filled out this quiz for the Elix healing, the, you know, the Chinese herbs that I take, it's like my lack of key because I don't bleed very much. Like my periods are, I maybe like I bleed the first day and it's not a lot. And then the second day I kind of spot third day, I kind of spot. So it's not like, so that makes sense. Like it just makes a lot of sense to me because it's not building that line, that wall inside of my uterus Mm -hmm. for the egg to be able to go attach if I was trying to get pregnant. Right. And then that is, that's what's shed. Yeah. It's supposed to get thicker around Mm -hmm. the time of the month, you know, during ovulation. So in case there is a fertilized egg, it can go attached. So that, that does make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So, and progesterone also is involved in hormone production, vitamin D production and metabolism. So those are other things that, you know, like vitamin D, a lot of women, um, a lot of, I mean, the majority of people are vitamin D deficient 
but women with chronic illness, it like there's a lot of studies coming out showing that this is a reoccurring theme that most most women with chronic health issues are vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know I could just lay in the sun all day anyway because yeah. I'm practically a houseplant slash lizard, and <laughs> I'm just like body produce more vitamin D, and it's doing its best. But I know based on my blood labs, like it's still low. It's not where I want it to be. It's not where it should be, especially because my blood labs aren't even like functional medicine. So I know it should be higher. So, and I mean, even just looking at that with, which is interesting because, you know, and it's funny that my progesterone was off and this is part of why I want to do this scan too, because my GP, when I was talking to him about hormones, he's a jerk. He's like, well, you know, like there's just so many hormones, like vitamin D is a hormone. And I'm like, I'm not an idiot first and foremost. Like you don't know who you're talking to. And second of all, I obviously brought it up for a reason because I know more than the average human. And I wanted to see what was off because I know like my periods have gotten much better, but there's still, there's still a piece missing. And again, like bring in the toxins and stuff, not being in my own space right now. Like I know that can add to it, but I, but I wanted to see the full picture. Right. So I just like, was like, okay, whatever, just don't even look at it. And so here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Oh yeah. So, and again, like once we get some of like, the parasites on and you're you're metabolizing and and getting the nutrients a little bit differently than you are right now some of these things may naturally just start boosting themselves up all right so the last one we have on the list is the low vasoactive intestinal polypeptide so the vip is a neuromodulator and a neurotransmitter, which that is huge. And Mm -hmm. it stimulates enzyme production. So are you not absorbing the amino acids because of the parasites? Or are the parasites causing an issue where you're just not producing what needs to be done to make the enzymes? And that's why, again, like I love these scans because you can see like, oh, okay, I'm low in amino acids, you know, um, I'll, I'll just, I'll start taking, you know, with supplements or I'll start eating a like a lot more protein. But if you don't know about the parasites and you don't know about the thing makes the enzymes being low, then how do you fix it? You're just band-aiding over a, a, you know, a problem or a symptom and you're not getting to the root of what is going on and what is actually actually causing your amino acids to be on the lower side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes so much sense, especially like as it being a neurotransmitter too. And just knowing, you know, as I described what multiple sclerosis is in general, that's literally like an issue with my neurotransmitters, right? And it's the communication that's happening in my nerves because of these little areas that are missing some of that fatty tissue. And so I'm not surprised that that came up at all. And it's It'll be interesting to see like how everything kind of starts functioning better, especially once the parasites are evicted forever. Yes. (laughs) Bye-bye. It's like a vampire. Like you didn't invite them in. They shouldn't be there. Like what's happening? No, they're literal parasites. Yes, literally. (laughs) 
So, and also with the the VIP, it um, and like in particular, one of the main enzymes that it's responsible for is pepsin, which is the you know one that you stood low for. So, I think looking at this, like where you're low in the hormones, it makes absolute sense that you're low in the particular amino acids that showed up for you, and it's it's because your your hormones are not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. And why is that? I I fully believe that the parasites are the ones that are like wreaking havoc. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even with going back to the progesterone and everything, like in order for your body to rebuild these things, and even we can tie in some of the enzymes and missing amino acids. If I'm not having, if I can't have the proteins or my body's not building the proteins properly or is incapable of doing that, it's an issue because it's like, there's something going on in my blood production in Mm -hmm. general, which is again, that progesterone for the uterine lining and then just blood in general, right? And so it's hard for that to do what it needs to do because there's this parasite that's in my blood breaking it apart. And you're showing with it like and the, the proof is in the in the scan, right? Because you're showing as, you know, oh, we're low in this and it can lead to anemia. And you don't have anemia, but based on the information you have from your acupuncturist and just from what you know about your own body, you know, like it's like, oh, okay, ding, ding, ding. It's connecting dots and it's allowing things to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. So that is your scan. And then at the last part of the scan for both the bouncing and the full scan, they give you remedies that are recommended. But as we kind of already discussed earlier, you're like the best client ever. And you're like, I'm ready to do this. I'm ordering my stuff. (laughs) Let's prioritize. So with the balancing remedies, that are recommended when you get your scan. These are things, it's either herbal, homeopathic, or nutritional supplementation support. And they are all remedies that have scanned against your scan and your energetic profile to show that they will help you right now. Okay. There's tons and tons of different remedies that they scan through, but you showed specifically for these. Okay. However, I'm not a big fan of starting six different supplements at one time. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of being on a ton of supplements all at once or indefinitely because we want to see what works. So we want to prioritize what you're doing and how you're doing it and putting that plan together. Mm -hmm. So going through your scan, going through your health questionnaire and in talking with you, what I felt was the best place to start was the Paratox, which is a homeopathic remedy. This targets the parasites and the detoxification of the parasites. So that is priority number one for you. Next, GB40 and green light spheric intrinsic. So these are nutritional supplements that you can take. Um, The GB40 is for immune support. It offers targets parasites. It helps with chemical sensitivities, chronic inflammation, and it supports the pancreas and the gallbladder, which are both involved in digestion. I felt like that was going to be a, a beautiful pairing for you to start sooner rather than later. And then the green light spayic energy hormonal balance, which you've got, you know, several of those that are kind of a little wacky right now. And um, it'll help you process sugar, digest detoxification and restore damage tissue. So anywhere that those parasites are leaving, you're going to want to repair those areas a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like mass damage or anything like that, but it's, it's the, you want to come back in and kind of like fill in the holes with healthy tissue again. Yeah, absolutely. So then after you've completed those, we looked at a bacteria tox 
and an L-arginine supplement as things that you can then add, not, I don't want to say add on, but once you've kind of completed the first round, Mm -hmm. then you can add those in to then continue to target bacteria, help with digestion. And the bacteria talks in particular can help with Lyme. And you didn't show for that. I don't know that that's a problem for you. And again, cannot diagnose anything. However, being that you do have the Babesia, it is a very common co-infection with Lyme. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities, just based on what I know Mm -hmm. with Lyme and co-infections and things. So it wouldn't hurt anything, but it's also like, it's going to help you with those parasites. So kind of like hit them hard, detox. And then if there's anything kind of lingering afterwards, that bacteria tox is going to be very helpful in that. And then the l 9 supplement, um, just that would be that could be really good for you to use for, you know, like maybe just a month, you know, go through the bottle and then we're going to do that other can and see where you're at after that. But I don't like none of these supplements are ones that I feel like you're going to have to be on, you know, like permanently going forward or anything like that. And so then we also, so we kind of talked about we're like the now is to hit the parasites hard. And I know you're going to do some things on your end outside of the scan, outside of the remedies to kind of help facilitate their evacuation from your body a little fast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, so reishi mushrooms are... I, you know, I just love mushrooms in general. Like, let's just be real. Big fan, big fan. And so reishi mushrooms in particular, they're great for calming your nervous system, but they're also anti-parasitic, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about King Coffee before. And so I drink that daily anyway, but I'm going to add in reishi capsules. It's through Organo as well. I'll put the link in um, the show notes as well if anyone's interested. But again, make sure your detox pathways are open. I mentioned that earlier in the episode that I am taking the core form formulas um, to help support my detox pathways opening up as well as doing some other things like using my sauna blanket and sweating daily. It's just kind of chilly here. So it's taking me longer to sweat outside. And again, I don't have a ton of energy to be able to go like work out super hard. So the sauna blanket, you know, just making sure I'm going to the bathroom regularly, um, using my dry brush regularly to help move my lymphatic system and just get that moving. And then light movement like yoga to get my lymphatic system moving. And so yeah, I'll add on the reishi capsules as well. And so basically what it is, it's a fruiting body, which is, you can think of that as the part that grows on the top of the surface Mm -hmm. and then also the mycelium. So the mycelium is basically like the roots of mushrooms and those are the most intelligent part of the mushroom. And so I'll be adding that in as well to make sure that I get rid of any extra parasites. I will be doing enemas regularly when I do this, both water and coffee enemas, just to make sure because as you're passing these parasites that sometimes they die and fall off, but you don't always, they don't always move out of your colon. Because when you think about your colon, it's a very ridged surface because that's where you're supposed to be like digesting the food, absorbing the nutrients. So you don't want them to get stuck in there. And then also it'll clean out any eggs and stuff like that. So I'm adding that on as well to make sure because the thing is, is that even though we're targeting a blood parasite, like I'm sure there's digestive parasites. I enjoy sushi, so I'm sure it's going to be there that are going to go ahead and come out as well. And so I just want to make sure that my body is being supported in this and it's not having to work extra hard to get something out. Yeah. And so I'm adding those in as well, which I'm nervous but excited about. <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm like, it's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. And, yeah. you know, just adding in antiparasitic foods like papayas. I, I mean, I love papaya, so you don't have to give me a hard time to eat it. So I'll make sure. Also good natural enzymes in those. Exactly. So, exactly. Two birds, one stone. Two birds, yeah. one papaya. <laughs> I got mom jokes all day, guys. Mom jokes. It's great. All day. She's hilarious for real. If you need a good pun, go to Ashley Daniels. She <laughs> she is very punny, if you will. I love a good play on words, <laughs> even if they're really ridiculous. Yeah. So like adding in things like that. And then also just making sure that, you know, and I think the green one that you talked about, the green mm-hmm. intr- intrinsic. The green light. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one I think has chlorella in it, which is a great mm-hmm. like binder for detoxing. Um, I will also be taking activated charcoal pills just to make sure that anything that's coming out of my bi- my body is binding to it and it's grabbing onto the waste to make sure it gets out. Yeah. So those are the things that I'm adding in. Um, and some of those I already have, like I already have some of it. So it's not like I'm making these huge purchases because in all reality, like the supplement's not always the thing that's going to make you better. Now it supports your body And that's what you need is the support. And so I am just going hard with it because I really want to make sure that we get the most bang for our buck in this. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this too, like you already knew prior to doing the scan a lot about parasites and probably a lot more than the average person. Mm -hmm. So parasites have like, I see so much talk about it on Instagram and, you know, it's, it's almost getting like parasite detox is getting like really popular and trendy. And I just want to make it very, very, very clear. Please do never like never do any kind of a detox parasite, anything unless and until your detox pathways are open and have been open well for a couple of weeks. And Jillian already talked about that, but just to kind of like hit the the sweet spots is like you want to be moving your body every day. You want to be sweating. You want to be going to the bathroom with like good solid bowel movements minimum once a day, but you know, two to three times a day is is not abnormal. Uh, like a lot of people think it's normal to like not go to the bathroom, you know, every couple of days. Oh, I only go once every couple of days. Like that, no, your your body is literally holding on to waste. Um, you know, urinating, making sure that you're peeing. Um, and you can you can you can heal your body, you know, but you need to make sure those detox pathways are good and open. And even if you're not trying to detox sites or you know anything else, just having your pathways open in general is really important so that you're not holding on to chemicals, additives, and toxins that we come into contact every single day with just, you know, drinking water, going outside of our house. We can't, we don't live in a non-toxic world and we can't avoid toxins. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, do what you can to monitor what you bring into your home or what you have like in your workspace at your office and things like that. But we can't avoid them altogether. And you will drive yourself crazy trying to. So that's not the point. The point is to try to have, you know, like if you think of your body as a bucket, you know, like we we fill up, fill up, fill up with everything that we come in contact with, the food we eat, like all the ingredients that we put into our bucket. And at some point in time, if we are not letting some of that, those ingredients that collect in our bucket out, we're going to get full. And that's when health problems really become noticeable and prevalent. Mm-hmm. And if you make it a regular habit to do foundational things for your health, make sure you're getting good sleep, sure that you're moving your body 
every day. You know, you don't have to go train for a marathon, but you know, go for a walk, do some yoga. Breath work is so good for detoxification because our lungs are organs. So doing breath work and, um, you know, there's great, you don't have to sit and meditate and, you know, try to become the next like Dalai Lama, but just taking some deep breaths before you have dinner before you go to bed, you know, that's, that's going to be like, it's going to do wonders for you that like you don't even know about yet. But yeah, drinking your water, staying hydrated, sweating, like go out and get sweaty people. Like it's our bodies are made to move. They want to move. So yeah. And, you know, our bodies are really like, I would be if my body wasn't doing something about what's happening inside of it, I would be dead, right? Like, so something is happening, my body just needs extra support. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of where we're at. And so I want to make sure that my body is supported in what it's doing and its processes. That way we can, I can thrive. I can thrive in my life. I can not be tired all the time. I can not be hormonal or like at one point you mentioned the mood swings like that's me a little bit and it's not always so extreme but it's like okay I'm okay and I'm good and then it's like next thing you know I'm like meh or sometimes I do have the very buh days and it's interesting because at this time of year I always just I'm like oh seasonal depression it is what it is but in reality like there's all of these other things that are playing into it so I'm like okay like I'm excited to see how that changes too that's not even something that I was expecting to come up yeah so it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Um, so yeah. And then like, once you get a parasites move on out, you know, really focusing on, um, you know, like protein was a really varied theme throughout, you know, your entire scan. And I know you're conscious of it, but just for anyone who's listening, like there's a difference in the types of protein that you'll eat and getting really good quality source proteins. So from wild caught fish, grass fed, grass finished beef, free range, you know, organic chickens and turkeys. I know it's not feasible to always eat organic all the time and always get the best quality, but do the best that you can, especially if you know it's something that you're, you know, not optimal in. Yeah. So that absolutely. your body can use the protein to the best of its ability and you're getting good, high quality. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I'm very, very excited about this. Um, yeah. But thank you so much for this. I can't, I cannot wait until we record the follow-up episode and see yes. how I'm feeling in about six to eight weeks. So yeah. new year, new me, people. New year, new <laughs> me. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. And, yeah. you know, I'm really excited to share this with everyone. So people can kind of get the full picture of what the scan is and what you offer as well as your health coaching, because I just love you. And I think you're amazing. And, you know, like I said, after she sent me the email with everything, when she went over my scan, I was like, oh, my God, I feel so supported. Like, it was just great because we get in this position where we tend to know what we need to do. Right. So it's really important, even as coaches and as intelligent beings to get support in certain parts of your life, because it really is like. I feel so much more confident going into this, having your support through this process if I have any questions come up because I'm not just having to go to Dr. Google to see what's going on, right? Or I'm not constantly having to ask my other friends like, hey, what's going on here? And we have a plan. And so I know what to expect. And I know that like, if I have any questions or concerns, I can come to you and you're just gonna keep 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 me in my little... My little baby basket while I'm cl- while I'm cleansing my body. Yeah, 
And that's what I like. That's my whole goal is to like, I thank you so much for saying that because like, I, I just like, that's what I want for you. Like, I want you to feel supported. I want you like, I want to give you the information and empower you with the knowledge so that you can make the changes that you want to make so that you can get to the health that you want to get to so that you can meet your, your health goals, your life goals. You know, like I know you, you're being, you're, you're doing such big things right now. And like, you need to have a healthy, fully supported body to get to where you're going. So you don't burn out and like crash. So I I love that you are taking the time to do this and that you're really gonna, like, you're going to work on it so that you can feel the way that you feel, but it's my make it as easy as possible for you and to be there to support you and answer whatever questions and cheer you on as you're doing it. You know, like, I don't want to say hold your hand because it makes it seem like, like, okay, you can't do it. Like without me, you can, but like, I'm here to make it as easy as possible and as no speed bumps, no, like anything. We're going to, we're going to get you where you want to go. We're going to get you there quickly and safely because we have a plan. We're moving forward with it and you're going to support your body throughout this whole process. We're not just like, all right, let's go in there and do a parasite cleanse. You might have somebody that's like, oh, you have parasites, like just, you know, like take some supplements and get them out. And if you have somebody that's telling you to, all right, we got a detox, but, and they have not mentioned anything about your detox pathways run or, or like taking care of your liver and your lymph nodes, which are part of your detox pathways, but like run, you can't get out of there fast enough. And I, like I had, I worked with specialists. Like I, I learned, and this is why it's so important to me is like, I learned that the hard way. I worked with a specialist who I, I really trusted. And I mean, she knew what she was talking about, but I started on a protocol to start detoxing things out of my system, not parasites. And I ended up having one of like the worst flares. And it was like over a month yeah. before I started feeling any relief from that. And I don't want anybody to have to experience anything close to that because the point is to make you better, Mm -hmm. not make you feel worse. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, we're going to tie it up here. Thank you again so much for joining us. I can't wait for us to do the follow-up episode and to see how I'm feeling. Yes. And if I may gift your audience, I would love to offer discounts on my scans. Um, I always recommend either the full scan. If you have anything that's going on that's kind of questionable, you've gotten kind of a maybe a more serious diagnosis of something and you're looking to really support your body and kind of see what's going on underneath the surface and start getting to the root cause of what's causing your symptoms. Um, I always recommend the full scan just so we know exactly we get that big full picture, very comprehensive information of what's going on. If you're in a position like Jillian, like you know, you could be feeling a little bit better. You feel like "Mm, maybe something's a little off, but in general, you feel really well. I think the balancing scan is a great place to start. Um, I would love to give your audience with discounts on the full scan and the balancing scan, um, $75 off the full scan and then $50 off the balancing scan. So you're getting getting the reviews at very discounted prices, but just use code expand for Mm -hmm. your audience and you will get those and we'll get the kits out to you and I'll be in touch with everything to do. Perfect. And all of that will be in the show notes as well as where you can connect with Ashley, her email, Ashley at AshleyDanielsCoaching.com, as well as on Instagram at AshleyDanielsCoaching, right? AshleyDanielsCoaching. Okay. 
Perfect. And thank you so much again. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Expand the Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform. Your feedback means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. So let me know you are listening and stay updated on all things Expand the Conversation. Be sure to follow and tag me on Instagram at expandtheconversation.podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. See you next time.